Hey there, sister. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I am on a mission to help mompreneurs like you ditch the Instagram overwhelm and take control of your time on the app and build an extraordinary brand and business, but still be fully present with your family and just be crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with Instagram strategies, marketing hacks, branding and business tips with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, you know what to do. Hand your kiddos those tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm really excited for this conversation today because I think it's just a perfect timing to have this conversation because I think a lot of us are in this season, especially over the summer months. A lot of us are mompreneurs. We want to be home with our kids and we're in this season of we just don't want to show up on social media, even though we use social media as a marketing tool to grow our visibility, grow our presence and our brands and our business. So I am joined today by Hillary and she is actually going to talk about using non-social media marketing tactics, which I think is equally as important as being present on social media. But before we get into all of the juicy details, Hillary, can you tell my audience how you got into the digital space and a little about your business? Yeah. So I'm Hillary Angrove. I'm the director of growth at Make Your Mark Today, Inc. So we're a boutique digital marketing agency. We do a bit of everything, but we're really focused on the power of SEO just because it brings results. So I got into marketing about 10 years ago and I was in digital marketing back when you had to like really fight for your digital marketing budget because traditional marketing was still had its stronghold on companies. And so I did that for about six years, loved it, grew, honestly grew our department. I got employees at first. It was just me and grew the department. It was at a performing arts center in Canada and Yeah. And then I decided I want to follow my childhood dream of going to law school. So had a little quick segue as (laughs) lots of us (laughs) do. And so my boyfriend at the time agreed to move across the country with me and I was going to pursue law school because for the the child inside wanted to pursue that dream still and worked in the law for about, I'd say a year or two until I realized I missed marketing. I miss the creativity I found in law. You really, the only person that won at the end of the day was the lawyer, unfortunately, whereas you can really win for your clients in marketing or win for the company that you work for. So then I joined Make Your Mark Today with my now husband and yeah, we went from there and we have grown the business over the past three years and it's been an exciting ride. And I think a lot of us have those many segues in our lives and it just, and I, from what I believe you also have a segue of you are soon to be a mom in sweatpants, right? (laughs) Yes, I am soon to be a mom in sweatpants. So we are growing our family and that's going to be exciting. And it also is a huge part of why I wanted to start my own job, like create my own company, similar to you right? Like, yeah, I just want to create that space in my life and make my life work for me and not my work kind of control my life. And I think so many mompreneurs want that freedom and that flexibility when they start their own business. But 
you know this. <laughs> it's not easy, right? There's a lot of ups and downs. There's not just one way to grow a business. And I think these days when people are starting their own businesses, the first thing they do is jump on social media and they use social media to promote their business, grow their audience, which that is great. But at the end of the day, we don't own those social media platforms. So why do you think that mompreneurs need to take the time to invest in non-social media tactics? Well, what I've seen from a lot of clients that have come to us is there's extreme burnout on social media. <laughs> like it demands a lot of you. You're having to create content day in and day out. And if you take a break, so say you want to go on vacation with your kids and you want to be offline, you can't because the algorithm is then going to work against you. So that's the biggest thing I hear about social media and social media is amazing. I'm not here to bash social, bash social media at all for middle of the funnel trust building. It's just, it's the best. It's the most amazing place, but for top of the funnel, bringing in those new clients, it's such a noisy space now. Like it wasn't 10 years ago when I started, you could become a hard hitter pretty quickly, but what I've seen now, and a lot of our clients that we work with have an amazing social media following, but they're like, so how do I get new people? How do I broaden that, that base that I have right now? I want to speak to new audiences and those hashtags aren't working anymore. <laughs> um, following the dancing in front of a camera to the trending <laughs> sound isn't working for me anymore. No one's seeing my videos, but the people who are actually, who are on my channel are engaged, but I want some new people so I can actually provide information that is useful to my brand kind of that's authentic to me instead of dancing to those trending videos. So let's find another way to get that top of the funnel to get you away from that inauthentic social media trend, I guess, follower gathering. And that's what I, so that's why we focus on SEO at, so search engine optimization. And it's really using your website, your website to bring in customers through your website but you can't really build trust with a website. And I understand that. So then social media comes in and you build trust with social media. I love that. And I'm glad you brought up the whole like website because I am, as you know, I'm a proponent of social media and I love Instagram and just teaching people how to create content for Instagram, get the visibility. But you're right. At the end of the day, we want to take them off of that platform and further build that relationship utilizing our websites and, you know, the freebies and the email lists is, is a website your only like non-social media tactics, or do you have other suggestions for mompreneurs to grow their business? I would say start with your website. So your website is, it's an asset. You need to, it, you can build equity in that asset and that asset is going to work for you day in and day out, even if you go on vacation for two weeks with your kids. And so that's the power of search engine optimization. So what that is, is it's using a bunch of factors and I'll give you guys some great tips of how to start with these factors. There's about 200 of them of how to rank your um, website on page one of Google. And I actually was trying to figure out how I could really explain this to other um, female entrepreneurs in a simple way. Because when I first heard about search engine optimization, I was like, <laughs> So what, like, what is this? Like, can, can, there, there's a very fancy word for something I don't understand. Um, I think I've known it for like yeah. four or five years and I'm still like, oh, SEO. Yes, I have to do it. <laughs> but like that, that thing, that big word uh -huh. that I need to do. So 
how you should think about it is your website is your storefront and search engine optimization is what you do to get your store on Rodeo Drive, Times Square, Fifth Ave. If you do it right, if you build your website and work on your website in the right way, which is search engine optimization, then you're going to end up on that really high traffic street and you won't need to work so hard for people to come in because there's already people on Times Square. They're going to come into your store, whether or not you're doing social media, putting out flyers. I'm trying to think of other things people do in stores, but that's <laughs> what your website is. So how would someone start? Like, let's just take, for instance, that, you know, someone is starting a business and they have a social media presence. They got Instagram, they got Facebook. Maybe they started a Facebook group and they got the Facebook page and they're just like starting to pump out content. Where does someone start when, cause when we say like, oh, you need SEO on your website, that is really, that's daunting to think about, especially as, a, as someone who is experienced in business. Where does SEO really count? Because I hear that all the time. You want to get ranked on Google. You want to get ranked on Google. Well, that's great. But like, what does it actually look like? Like, can you break it down where start here first, get that really good, and then move on to here? Yeah. So we're going to go back to the store analogy because I find it's the easiest way because you want to have your store organized, clean, up-to-date or modern. And you want it to make it easy for word of mouth about your store to spread. It's really the online world is just trying to replicate the real world. And people aren't going into stores anymore. They're going to websites. Mm -hmm. So by organized, you should look at your website and be like, where's the cashier? And by cashier, I mean call to action. So what's your call to action? Is it book a call with me, buy my t-shirt? Whatever that is, it needs to be really clear and easy to see because you're not going to put your cash register in the basement of your floor level store, right? It's going to be right center front. And you also want to be organized in a way that people are, are used to navigating a store that way. So the about us page, do you have one? Is it clear? Where is it? Is it where most people have it? The contact us button. Where is that? Is it clear? Go to your competitors, like your hard hitting competitors. What did their web, how are their websites organized? Make sure yours is organized that way. And some, it's, I'm a creative lady. And when I first got into SEO, it was a little disheartening. I was like, Ooh, I'm going to make this fancy and I'm going to put a slider here and I'm going to do that and do this, but that's not going to help you get your website seen on page one of Google, nor is it going to help you get people converting on your website because they're not going to be able to figure out where things are and what to do. So just make it stupid simple for them. And so that's organized. And then next step is to make sure it's clean. And by clean, I want it, I want you to go through your website and make sure every link works. Hmm. So if you've ever outlinked to anyone, there's a huge chance, chance that they've changed their website. They've changed their domain, changed their URL. And you want to make sure that nothing is broken. Cause imagine in a store, you're like walking down a hallway and you get to a door and it's broken and you're stuck in that hallway. We got a 404 error, brutal. So when Google is choosing to bring someone's website up on the rankings, they're looking at all these things. Their algorithms are looking, seeing, is this user friendly? Is it clean? Are you sending people to broken links and make sure you have links because your store needs to be informative. So send people out to infer other information. Don't be afraid of sending people other places if it's related to your own store, your own website in some way. So that's organized and clean. And then 
a third one is updated. So I don't know if we have this one client that came to us and they were, uh, they were like a resort, but a really, you know, like resorts that were made in the nineties and they're kind of old school, but like coming back into style, I don't know. They came to us, their website and it was just, it looked like a word document. It was just like a one pager and you want to make sure that your store or your website is updated and modern. If you were trying to get on fifth Ave or in times square, they wouldn't let you come with like an outdated look and an old sign. Right. So really like refresh your website and put in valuable content like social media, right? You want the content on your website to be valuable. And that is also going to start ranking on Google. If you do those things, I feel like a lot of people, most people, they build their website and they're like, okay, one and done, finished it. That cost me however much. And now I don't need to touch it. Try getting, if you have a website, hopefully you're using some kind of a so like CM, like a content management software on your website that you can change things on your own. You don't have to constantly go be going to someone else to get changes or that you have a, a great web guy or web girl at a great price that can help you with these things because it's really important to stay updated. Hey, did you know this? I recently published a journal. Yep, I did it. For years, I tried to get into the habit of journaling daily, but I could never find the right journal. Every time I would purchase a new one, I was left with disappointment. I felt unfulfilled after journaling, so I thought, heck, I'm going to create my own, and now I'm sharing it with you. If you're a dreamer like me, but ready to take action and be a doer and see those dreams come to fruition, then snag my daily journal. Create a daily habit of gratitude, dream writing, action taking, and releasing all the garbage that we don't have control over. Head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to grab your copy. Now let's get back to the show. So it was organized, organized, clean, clean, and updated. And updates. So those are your three main ones. Once you have those three, then you've got like a strong base for your website. And then you want to think about what keywords do I want to rank for? Now that I have this website that is up to date, clean, organized. So Google's going to trust me a little bit that I know what I'm doing. What kind of keywords do I want to rank for? So I'm going to use a example from one of a one of our first clients. It's going to make sense why she was one of our first clients, but it was a family lawyer. And so she came, <laughs> left the law and then got a client. <laughs> Just kind um, of circles back, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you liked me when I was a lawyer and now I'm a marketer. <laughs> um, so she came on as our first client actually. And she was trying to rank for things like mediation because she was, she wasn't into the litigation, into the angry divorces. And that was the type of client that she wanted. And that's perfect. Like be authentic, be authentic with your content and your keywords. The only problem, nobody is looking for mediation. We did a bit of keyword research. So there's some free tools you can use. There's a tool it's called Uber suggest. So if you want a free tool to do some keyword research and it'll walk you through it and you can see what keywords your own website is ranking for and it's free. So it's a great place to start Uber suggest. And we, well, we use the, um, some of the paid software it's called Ahrefs, but we looked into mediation. No one is looking for it. And she'd been building this website for the term mediation. So that's when you want to start looking at, okay, what does my industry say? What are my colleagues saying, but what is my audience really looking for? People are looking for divorces. 
So at that point, you start ranking for divorce, but you make sure that your content, just like on social media, is authentic. So you say, divorce. I offer divorces. These are, um, I'm a family lawyer and I do divorces, but I do friendly divorces. I work with people through mediation to do their divorces. So you're using the keywords that people are actually looking for while explaining what you actually do and the type of clients you actually want to bring in. And that base is really going to help you start to move up. And then the fourth tip that I had is to make it easy for word of mouth to spread about you. But that's also work. So you have to start that process. So do things like go on podcasts and talk about your brand, talk about who you are. You got to get, you got to be the first one to sit, stand on the mountain and sing your own praises and do that and get some links to your website. It's just, that's a really important final step. So it's organized, clean, and updated. You've got your base, do some keyword research and build pages that have content that are ranking for those keywords, and then stand on the mountain and tell people about what you're doing and get some links to your website for what you like to do. And then your website is going to just start working for you. It's honestly, it's phenomenal. That's why I love this job. You'll just see people are sitting back and actually working in their business while their website is working on their business for them. And it just is nice, but unfortunately you still need social media to build that trust, depending on what type of brand you have. Not unfortunately, social media is great. But, um, <laughs> it's just a lot of work. The thing about SEO is it's a lot of work up front, but once it gets going, it's kind of a maintenance game. So I want to circle back to yeah. the keywords because I've used Uber Suggest in the past and I probably should use it again. So let's take, for example, let's say I have a freebie and it's, I don't know, uh, free captions for Instagram. So I'm going to go on Uber Suggest, see the keywords that people are really searching for when it comes to Instagram captions. Yeah. Where do those keywords go? Do they, I, I, I'm assuming they go somewhere in the content on the page, but do they also need to go on the back end of things on that page? This is an amazing question. So you want to make sure that your content is about 600 to 800 words long. It's not that long. Google's going to look at it and say, this isn't very useful. How can okay. you provide use usefulness in 200 words? That's an algorithm factor that I don't quite agree with, but I mean, I'm not Google, so I don't get to make these choices. <laughs> and you want to have the keyword throughout the content seven to eight times throughout the content. And you want to have it also in your title. And sometimes it can be frustrating because if you're like the lawyer we are working with and you provide mediation and that's all you want to talk about, but your title has to be divorce, it can be a bit frustrating. So you got to get creative and it's fun because you still need to speak to your audience and filter out the ones who don't fit in. So have that keyword in your title, which is your H1. So formatting on your website isn't just through H1s and H2s. Those are actually things that Google uses to read your website. And a lot of people don't realize that. They see those as just formatting options. So have the keyword in your H1 and then seven times throughout your content. And that's an amazing place to start. And when you refer to H1, you are referring to the heading, correct? The heading, yes. That is, that is, the title. that so, is such a great tip. 
yeah, it's really interesting going into people's websites and seeing how they use H1s and H2s because they, just like I did for a long time, I thought it was just a way to easily format your website. But what you're actually doing, that is your backend. That's how you're telling Google or any search engine, Google, YouTube, Yahoo, Bing, you're telling them what is important to me. The most important thing to me is H1. It's like my essay topic sentence. And then my H2s are the first sentence of every paragraph of my essay. If you're writing an essay, like you're in junior high. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. And then do we also take those keywords and make sure that we put them in the meta description? You're going to want to have the keywords in the meta description. Depends. Yes, you'll have it in the title, the meta description, H1, and seven times throughout your content. So yes, you're going to want it in the meta description, and you're going to want to make sure that meta description is about 130 to 150 words. And why that is, is because if you're writing your description and at word two or character 200, you put in your, you put in divorce, you put in your keyword, nobody's going to see that. Google isn't going to see it. You want to make sure that it's up top. And that goes for your keyword, right? So the, sometimes they'll take, um, Google will take kind of a snippet, right? They'll take a snippet of a website. So you want to make sure that you have a keyword in the first hundred, hundred words actually on your website. So not just in your meta description, do you want it to be early on? Also in your intro, you want it to be early on. And I do have another quick question. I want to circle back in the beginning when you're talking about organizing and being clean. I Let's take our homepage because most of us fall always on the homepage. And you mentioned to have a very clear call to action. Let me ask you this. Does the call to action have to be the same on that homepage? Because I know the homepage is kind of like your storefront, right? Can we have them going to different places without it being in the top navigation or the menu? Because we don't want to confuse our audience. What is your take on that? Because there's a lot of, you know, SEO gurus that were saying, no, you need to have one call to action on your homepage throughout, or you can have a few. How do you feel about it? I think you can, not a few, I think you can have two. So something to think about for SEO is that web pages rank, websites don't rank. So your web page, you make a freebie and that freebie is about Instagram captions, but your real call to action in the top right corner is book a coaching consultation with me, right? That's your main call to action. That doesn't mean you should never be allowed to give away a freebie. That freebie is actually a secondary call to action. Hey, I've got this freebie for you. And through that secondary call to action, you're really going to lead them through a funnel to bring them to that final call to action. It is confusing. And I don't recommend if on the web page you have multiple calls to actions. But if you have a call to action in your top right menu, that is kind of your, your holy grail of call to actions, it's okay if it's there. And then you also have a, a freebie. And freebies, like I said, I'm talking today about top of the funnel. Freebies are an amazing middle of the funnel strategy. Like it's a great way to use SEO to again, build your list, build that trust, create those followers. And for some people that's follow my Instagram, go to my Facebook page. That might not be their primary call to action. When someone comes to you as a cold lead through Google, lots of times they're not ready to buy right away, unless they're looking for like a massage therapist nearby. 
they're not really looking to buy in that instant. So you want to find ways to, to warm them up. And that involves having a secondary call to action. At least that's my take. I know there are multiple takes on that question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that is, um, that was a, a great idea to have that first call to action is obviously we want them as clients or customers, but having that second call to action to warm them up to who we are and getting them the freebie, getting them on our list, then they're on our list. Then of course, through our list and our email campaigns, they're going to click a link and go back to our website about something else, like a post blog post or whatever. So that was such great information in such a short amount of time, Hillary, you gave us some really great information, but do you have any resources available? Because I know we're going to have a lot of listeners who are like, okay, I need to get my SEO under control. Where do I begin? Do you have a resource you can share? Yes. So if you go to makeyourmarktoday.ca slash guide, you can put in your website and our team will actually create a custom Google ranking mini guide for you. So they'll take your website and give, I think it's four tips directly about your website that you can implement on your own to start this process. You can also book a free consultation call afterwards if you want, but that's not, you don't have to. It's really great. You can find out what organic keywords you're already ranking for. What is your lowest hanging fruit to really start the SEO process to grow your website? That is really cool. I've never heard of anyone offering that resource. That's awesome. So Hillary, what I'll do is I'll make sure that all of your information are in the show notes for our listeners, but let our listeners know where they can see your work and get in contact with you. Yeah. So go to makeyourmarktoday.ca and you can find a bunch of information about what we do here at MYMT and get that mini guide. This was such a great conversation, Hillary. I'm really glad that we talked about the non-social media marketing tactics, even though we still love social media, but it's a really good idea to make sure that basically you have all your bases covered. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. I can't thank you enough for listening today and supporting this show. The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you, I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyinsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.